From Spotify, this is Dissect, long-form musical analysis broken into short, digestible episodes. This is episode six of our season-long examination of Tyler, the Creator's Eagle. I'm your host, Cole Kushner. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. We're not all professional athletes, but we all have health goals. That's why Anytime Fitness gives you access to personalized plans and support from a coach. Plus, you can track your training, nutrition, and recovery progress with the Anytime Fitness app, just like the pros. With 24-7 access to more than 5,000 gyms worldwide, get more from your gym membership. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, Restrictions all apply. See website for details. This episode is brought to you by Thomas's. Thomas's presents Pondering the Bagel with Tom. Oh, the paradox of the bagel. Tis crunchy yet soft. Tis filling yet has a hole. Tis a vehicle for spreads, but only travels from toaster to plate. Thomas's. Huzzah! A toast to breakfast. Last time I dissect, we examined Igor's sixth track, New Magic Wand. It was there we heard Tyler turn dark as he imagined murdering his crush's girlfriend as the easy, magical solution to their problems. The so-called new magic wand, his gun, was symbolic of Tyler's desperate attempt to wield power when feeling powerless. Tyler will develop this symbol further as Igor continues into its next track, the subject of our episode today, A Boy is a Gun. A Boy is a Gun was written by Tyler Coma, with background vocals by Solange. Of all the songs on Igor, this track relies most heavily on samples, all of which are chopped from the 1961 song Bound by Ponderosa Twins Plus One. It's likely you recognize this song from its prominent use in Kanye West's Bound 2 from his album Yeezus. A thousand pictures, one good girl is worth a thousand bitches. Bam! Tyler actually has a relationship with Kanye's Bound 2, as he helped produce an early, unused version of the track. Known now as Bound 1, this version leaked on the internet, after which Tyler tweeted, quote, Wow, original Bound with my drums and bridge and chords and shit. Wow, so sick. This Bound One heavily samples another song called Aeroplane by Wee and contains a passage with original drums and bass, which might be the part Tyler's tweet is referencing. Interestingly, this version of Bound doesn't contain the Ponderosa soul sample at all. And based on his conversation with Rick Rubin, it seems that after Tyler heard Kanye's final Bound 2 with the sample, he went back and listened to Ponderosa's original Bound and found a section of the song he liked better than the section sampled on Kanye's Bound 2. It was a song I was listening to, a song that I've kind of dealt with before. And I was like, man, I would do this differently. I would loop this part because this is the sweet spot. So I just looped it and 
came, just made my own new song structure out of this other song that I sampled from and kind of built around it. Were you sampling a song of your own or? or? It's this other song uh, called Bound. As Tyler mentioned here, he found a sweet spot in Bound that Kanye didn't sample. And thus, the two songs sound pretty different despite pulling extensively from the same source. Specifically, Tyler samples three sections from Bound, beginning with this stuttering instrumental break. For the verses, he grabs this lengthy section. Tyler pitches up these samples 1.5 semitones, effectively raising their tempo. There's also a third, smaller sample heard periodically, where the vocalists harmonize on the word bound. This is layered on top of the existing sample loop, which sounds like this together. While Tyler will add some original production elements later in the song, the majority of A Boy Is A Gun relies on these samples with some added 808s to beef up the low end, and of course, Tyler's original melodies. It's so funny hearing the juxtaposition of the beautiful, melodious piano lines and the lyrics mm-hmm. and the please don't shoot me down and the gunshots. Yeah, I love, again, I love the hard shit pause and I love the pretty shit. Now we just try to mix them together. This makes it so much more interesting. Yeah, because you don't know what side you're on. Yeah. So the mesh is like, ah. As Tyler just noted here, A Boy is a Gun continues the musical dichotomy of beautiful and ugly we've tracked all season. This time, the sweet innocence of the soul samples and backing harmonies contrasts with the violence of gunshots and Tyler's aggressive, explicit lyrics, helping to portray his conflicting emotions in this dichotomous love-hate relationship. He begins repeating, don't shoot me down. It evokes the notion of being shot down or rejected when making an advance, asking someone on a date, or asking someone to be your partner. Tyler gave his crush an ultimatum on New Magic Wand, demanding he pick him or the girl, and is now fearing rejection, equating the emotional pain of this with the physical pain of a gunshot wound. Interestingly, it was Tyler holding the metaphoric gun to the head of his crush when demanding an answer on New Magic Wand. Yet here, Tyler's the one afraid, revealing what we suspected all along. The gun was a product of fear a desperate attempt at emotional self-preservation. And when we introduce this level of danger or destruction, we often forget that we lack complete control over our emotions. The tables can flip at any moment. Things can get beautiful or ugly really quick. The specific wording of don't shoot me down also continues the descending or downward lyrical motif we've heard a handful of times now. On Earthquake, Tyler feared things crashing down. On I Think, he was falling in love. In running out of time, he was drowning, pulled down to the deep end. Tyler's fear continues into the next line, you so motherfucking dangerous. It's another analogy in line with Earthquake, with Tyler once again articulating the threat of passion, its ability to destroy us, to cause an injury of the heart. We also heard Tyler himself turn dangerous on New Magic Wand, 
exemplifying the ways love and the anxiety of heartbreak can transform us in terrifying ways, turn us into dangerous monsters. The way this line is phrased and performed, though, with bravado and repeated for emphasis, we get the sense that Tyler's attracted to the danger, perhaps drawn to the thrill and intense rush uniquely offered by high-risk endeavors. Tyler then continues, you got me by the neck. This idiom, also phrased by the throat, means to have someone in a helpless position, to be in control of them, foreshadowing Igor's next track, Puppet. The imagery of the phrase evokes strangulation, and in this way, we once again find Tyler conveying the simultaneity of danger, attraction, and passion, as choking is an act of aggression, but also somewhat common during sex. To be held by the scruff of the neck is associated with dogs and puppies as well, perhaps relating back to the analogy of I will not fetch the ball from New Magic Wand. Despite Tyler's attempts to expel his crush's control, refusing to be his bitch, here he's once again claiming to be subservient, a master-slave dynamic in line with the Igor archetype. Interestingly, this sort of imagery is often used for a parent animal holding their child, reminding us of the potential connections in Tyler's fears of abandonment. Tyler caps off the hook, rapping, That's why these other N-words lame to us, because all these other N-words lame as fuck. We show them no respect. Consistent with his constant oscillation between insecurity and swagger, Tyler here emits the confidence he feels with the boy by his side, the gun on his hip. When together, when packing heat, he feels superior, invincible, and unthreatened. He looks down on others, showing them no respect, subtly evoking the ways in which power is dependent on hierarchy. The phrasing of these lines, with the repeated use of the word lame, is almost certainly a nod to the opening line of Kanye's Bound 2. Tyler's nod to this now iconic opening line is a subtle way of acknowledging that he sampled the same song. This is actually somewhat common in hip-hop, where a rapper will make it a point to cite or quote another artist as a way to pay homage and credit them for using the sample first. For example, the second half of Kendrick Lamar's Mad City heavily samples B.B. King's Chains and Things, which was also heavily sampled in Ice Cube's A Bird in the Hand. As a way to acknowledge this and pay respect, Kendrick quoted Ice Cube's verse from that song in his song. Fresh out of school cause I was a high school grad. Got to get a job cause I was a high school dad. Fresh out of school cause I was a high school grad. Sleeping in the living room with my mama's bed. Another example of this comes in PZ's track Two Million Up, which samples Don't Look Any Further by Dennis Edwards. This same song was famously sampled in both Junior Mafia and Notorious B.I.G.'s Get Money remix and Tupac's Hit Em Up. PZ acknowledges this history in the opening line of his verse. In many cases, when using the same sample source as a pre-existing hip-hop song, rappers will intentionally build on that song's theme. For instance, Kendrick built on Ice Cube's storytelling of his experience growing up in the streets of Los Angeles, and PZ's Two Million Up is about setting a hit on a rival, building on the beef between Biggie and Pac that led to the respective deaths. And Tyler seems to be doing a similar move here, as Kanye's Bound 2 is a sort of love song that describes two somewhat contentious but passionate lovers attempting to work their way into a committed relationship. Now, in the background during the chorus, we hear harmonious vocals singing the song's title, A Boy is a Gun. This plainly stated metaphor draws on ideas of masculinity and weaponry, clearly highlighting the phallic symbolism of a gun and comparing it to a boy. In this way, it recalls Tyler's attempt on New Magic Wand to create a song that sounds like and I quote, a hard dick, like rar. The song title itself, with an asterisk at the end, is an alteration of A Girl is a Gun, the title of a 1971 French film. Tyler spoke about this just before performing the song live for the first time. So I usually write down words or sentences that I think are cool, 
And like, I'll be working on a beat and I'll think of one and I'll just end up making a song from that. And this sentence is from a movie from the 70s, but it had girl in it and I switched it to boy. I was like, oh, that's a cool title. And I kind of just end up writing a song about that. And um, yeah, it's, it's not super lyrical or crazy, but it's very, very personal, specific shit. And uh, me and Solange did it in Lake Como. And uh, it goes like this. The film title, A Girl is a Gun, refers to its femme fatale character that turns on the gunslinger protagonist of the film. In recent years, the phrase has been revived and flipped by feminists to promote their inherent power and even danger if not properly respected by society. The streetwear brand Pleasures featured the phrase on a shirt in 2017, famously worn by Playboy Cardi in the video for his first hit, Magnolia. While Tyler will actually break down his own gun metaphor later in the song, it does feel important to acknowledge up front that the change from girl to boy is consistent with Tyler's blurring of traditional and dated norms, stereotypes, and expectations around gender, in line with the androgyny of the Igor character and Tyler's own fluid sexuality. As was apparent on New Magic Wand, love or passion can be dangerous regardless of identity expression or sexual orientation. It's a universal dynamic shared among all of us living and loving humans. Following the chorus, we hear a brief post-chorus in which Tyler repeats, when the time's right, baby, when the time's right. Once again, the time motif reappears on the album. On the song Boyfriend, Tyler stated time to be his most valuable possession, and expressed that he gave his crush all the time that he could. This laid the foundation for Running Out of Time, where Tyler sensed that time was running out to make his crush love him. Then on New Magic Wand, Tyler's violent ultimatum was inspired by him feeling like he was wasting his time on a relationship stuck in ambiguity and tired of the 60-40 split, demanded 100% of his crush's time. Now in a bit of a twist, Tyler displays patience with the line, when the time's right, baby, when the time's right. While he attempted to aggressively force the issue on New Magic Wand, he now seems to put faith in fate, trusting that their time will come. And yet, as A Boy as a Gun continues into its first verse, Tyler immediately contradicts himself, as we again find him frustrated and impatient. Tyler begins the verse forcefully, saying, Take your hoodie off, why you hide your face from me. We're immediately brought into a moment, with Tyler and his crush mid-fight. We can imagine his crush concealed in the shadows of the hood over his head. It's another obstruction between the two, frustrating Tyler who is attempting to communicate and connect. The crush's hidden face is consistent with the mask motif attached to him, symbolic of his inability to express himself, to show his real self and live in the truth of his queerness. Tyler then issues yet another ultimatum, rapping, Make your fucking mind up, I'm sick of waiting patiently. We get some nice wordplay here, with sick corresponding to the patient and patiently, as in someone receiving treatment for a sickness. In this way, Tyler relates a twisted dependence on his crush, where his crush is both the cause of the sickness and the cure for it. In other words, this relationship is not healthy. This thread is developed in the ensuing lines, How come you're the best to me? I know you're the worst for me. 
boy, you're sweet as sugar, diabetic to the first degree. Tyler compares himself to a diabetic, someone whose body has difficulty processing sugar, which if left untreated can cause dangerously high blood sugar levels that damage your organs and even lead to coma or death. This danger is alluded to in Tyler's diabetic to the first degree, which seems to combine type 1 diabetes, the most severe and dangerous kind, with first degree murder. In other words, this relationship, this guy, is killing Tyler and he knows it, yet Tyler can't get enough, can't stay away. He articulates this further, rapping, My spidey senses got me on the fences. Tyler plays with Spider-Man's supernatural powers to sense danger to his own intuition, which is telling him this relationship dynamic is threatening. This has him on the fences, or on the fence, an idiom used when you can't make a decision. Tyler is unsure whether to stay or to go, an emotional push-pull will feel throughout the entire song. He then ends the verse by pivoting to what feels like deflective boasts and escapist materialism, saying, Whole squad in Ginza, travel bag by Balenci, big dog hitting big wheelies on the six-speed. Tyler flexes that his whole crew is in Tokyo's famous shopping district, Ginza, where he cops a Balenciaga bag. On his Lucy track, Okra, Tyler rapped about this same bag, revealing that it costs $30,000. Fuck it, travel back, Balenciaga, 30000 just for luggage, financial advisor, bugging, flower boy is buzzing, Grammy nominee. Tyler and his squad really did take a trip to Japan during the Flower Boy era, as confirmed by a photo Tyler posted of him and his friends Jasper, Taco, Lionel, and Wyatt in 2018. The final line, big dog hitting big wheelies on the six-speed, continues the vehicle motif, which is tied to the trip to Ginza and the Balenciaga travel bag. Hitting a wheelie is a showy move in line with Tyler flexing at the end of the verse. Now, A Boy is a Gun continues with the second iteration of its hook. While Tyler could have easily just copy and pasted the first hook, relying totally on the samples, he actually adds a new original piano to the mix, providing just enough sonic variation to keep our ears interested. Also, if you listen closely to the tail end of the hook, you'll notice that Tyler changes the wording slightly. The first hook said, All these other N-words lame as fuck. We show them no respect. On this chorus, he'll say, They show him no respect. You so motherfucking dangerous. You so motherfucking dangerous. You got me by my neck. That's why these other niggas lame to us. Because all these other niggas lame as fuck. They show him no respect. The change of this final line, they show him no respect, is subtle, but clearly intentional. As we've tracked since running out of time, Tyler's crush is scared to take his mask off and commit to Tyler, partly because he fears the judgment from others about being in a relationship with a man. Throughout the album, Tyler has referred to these people with the non-specific they. On Boyfriend, for instance, Tyler said, fuck what they said, and they don't understand. On Running Out of Time, he said, stop lying for these n-words. These ideas also seem incorporated into the second hook of A Boy is a Gun, with Tyler attempting to convince his crush that anyone who might judge and show him no respect is lame and shouldn't influence his life choices, his ability to be free. Now after this chorus, A Boy is a Gun continues into another scathing verse, a verse we'll dissect right after the break. This episode is brought to you by Cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important 
to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. Welcome back to Dissect. Before the break, we approached A Boy is a Gun's second verse, which once again finds Tyler talking directly to his crush, and we feel as if we're a fly on the wall eavesdropping on a real interaction. Oh, you passive stressing. Oh, you faking your mad. Oh, you wanna go home cool, you better call you a cat. I ain't taking you home. Yeah, I'm brushing you off, cause this Parker is calm. You're my favorite garçon, don't leave, stay right here. Yeah, I want you right near. You invited me to breakfast, why the fuck your ex here? Well, let's see if you round the God around this time next year. Tyler begins addressing his crush, oh, you passive-aggressive, oh, you faking, you're mad. We're dropped into a middle of a fight, with passive aggression, a loosely disguised, indirect expression of negative emotions, being consistent with the two's communication problems, continually dancing around their issues rather than confronting them directly. Tyler becomes a bit vindictive as he says, oh, you want to go home? Cool, you better call you a cab. I ain't taking you home. Continuing the constant setting of these two in a car together, Tyler's refusal to give his crush a ride home is once again him grasping for power when feeling powerless. He abandons him physically as a reaction to feeling abandoned emotionally, despite knowing the underlying feeling is hurt. If the car itself is a symbol of the relationship, Tyler pushing his crush out of the car is a threat of breaking things off, with his crush taking a cab, getting into another car, symbolic of them going their separate ways and their life paths diverging from each other, as opposed to the shared ride in the same vehicle. Tyler then employs a bit of wordplay saying, I'm brushing you off because this Parker is comb. You're my favorite garçon. He plays with brushing off or dismissing someone in a clothes brush used to clean his parka from Comme des Garçons. This is a subtle callback to the Japan reference, as Comme des Garçons is a Japanese high fashion brand, like those you'd find in Ginza. But the reference gains dimension when we take a closer look at the brand in relationship to the androgynous Igor character Tyler embodied for this album and tour. Comme des Garçons was started by Japanese designer Rei Kawakubo in the 1970s, and Kawakubo is now considered one of the pioneers of fashion androgyny. Is even built into the name, as Comme des Garçons began as a women's wear company, but had a name that translates from French to, like the boys. And then there's Kawakubo herself, who sports a bob cut with straight bangs almost identical to Igor's cut. We know for sure that Tyler is intimately familiar with Comme des Garçons. In his 2018 interview with Fantastic Man, the article's writer describes following around Tyler for a day while he searched for a rare 1988 book of the Comme des Garçons archive. Tyler also wore the brand for the cover of Grind magazine in 2018, when he was composing Igor. The brand's logo also includes an asterisk underneath Garçon C, which might have had some influence on Tyler thinking the symbol looked cool, as we see the asterisk used in a boy as a gun title, perhaps to symbolize the flashing bang of a gun or a bullet, and in his own French-inspired brand Golf La Fleur, perhaps to symbolize a flower. It's not hard to see why Tyler would be drawn to Kawakubo's fluid, genre-bending work. Perhaps the most interesting thread of comparison between the two can be found when referencing the Met exhibit titled Art of the In-Between. To borrow from the exhibit's description, 
Kawakubo's work expresses in-betweenness, or quote, occupies the spaces between dualities, which have come to be seen as natural rather than social or cultural, and how they resolve and dissolve binary logic. Defying easy classification themselves, her clothes expose the artificiality, arbitrariness, and emptiness of conventional dichotomies, unquote. This in-betweenness was reflected in a series of exhibits with subtitles such as high-low, close-not-close, male-female, self-other, and perhaps most relevant to Igor, beautiful and grotesque. When fused and experienced simultaneously, concepts that we previously thought to be dichotomous or separate expose the fallacy of a dichotomy even existing. A true spectrum would not consist of a line between two points. Rather, it'd be a three-dimensional experience of the points, their position, and all other space. In Igor, we've come to see similar concepts exposed. Igor is both beautiful and ugly, codependent and independent, feminine and masculine, loving and hating, sweet and vindictive, sometimes in the same breath. This is even apparent in this very verse on a boy is a gun. Understanding that the word garçon is French for boy, Tyler's line, you're my favorite garçon, is endearing, which is an unexpected twist of emotion in an otherwise hostile verse. And this sudden sweetness continues as Tyler backtracks on brushing his crush off, saying, don't leave, stay right here. Yeah, I want you right near. Tyler's all over the place, succinctly capturing the erratic emotional swings in the midst of a passionate fight, exhibiting the simultaneity of love and hate. Yeah, that song's like, fuck you, but no, 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 don't leave. Don't leave. But, but you, but like, yeah. and I just wanted to rap, just talk. It's more, I'm just talking, and it's very, a lot of the songs are very specific things too. It's not just like it. Take your hoodie off. Mm. Why you hide your face from me? Like, I love that line. Lip, I love I rem- that line. Thinking of that, I'm thinking of the moment of that moment. And then I went home and wrote. But it's uh, that one is a moment. Uh, Lionel always said, uh, "Yeah, he said it sound like a 1973 argument where I'm just we're following each other in the house and yeah, like." Yeah, yeah, yeah. The second verse comes to a close with another specific moment, as Tyler raps, you invited me to breakfast, why the fuck your ex here? It feels too specific to be anything other than the truth, and we can vividly picture this awkward trio at a diner table, with Tyler stewing with anger. While we never actually hear from the crush himself on the album, this detail, the fact that he invited the girl to breakfast with Tyler, feels like a revealing moment. Perhaps the crush is totally oblivious to the way Tyler feels, which would be in line with Tyler's inability to communicate his feelings that we've tracked all season. For all we know, the crush has no idea the way Tyler feels about him, and thus thinks nothing of inviting the girl. There's also the possibility that the crush does know, and is being intentionally resentful due to Tyler's ultimatum, pushing him into a situation or relationship he's not yet comfortable with. In any case, the breakfast triggers Tyler, and he once again turns vindictive, saying, Well, let's see if you're around a god around this time next year. It's yet another boastful threat, with Tyler building himself up and comparing himself to a god as a defense mechanism against his bruised ego. Now, as a boy as a gun moves into his third and final hook, Tyler once again adds new details to avoid monotony and build the song dynamically. The first thing we'll notice is that he brings back the repeating Don't Shoot Me Downs, which we haven't heard since the intro, this time with chaotic machine gun sound effects and this added synth part. Uh, 
As we just heard, Tyler once again changes the tail end of the hook, rapping, That's why I start to think it's lame as fuck, before switching to singing to say that I'm here for you. With this third change, we realize that Tyler encapsulates the arc of his relationship with his crush in the latter lines of each hook. It began because all these other N-words lame as fuck, we show him no respect, expressing the invincibility felt when together. It then progressed to, they show him no respect to express the conflict keeping them apart. And now, the breaking point, that's why I'm starting to think it's lame as fuck that I'm here for you, expresses Tyler's frustration wasting his time on a person who's not as committed as he is. A Boy is a Gun then continues with a bridge, where the music bed becomes less reliant on the sample, and Tyler adds a number of original instruments. first half of this bridge, amidst backing harmonies, Tyler introduces a rapidly arpeggiated synth that takes over the chord progression. We also hear what sounds like an electric guitar. During this section, Tyler doesn't sing or rap. Rather, he talks straightforwardly to disclose the meaning behind his gun symbolism, saying, You're a gun because I like you at my side at all times. You keep me safe. At this moment, the song sounds like it's going to return to the chorus or verse, but Tyler cuts it off saying, Wait, wait. It's as if he didn't want to leave the gun definition as exclusively positive, as he then reveals, Depending on you know, you could be dangerous to me or anyone else. Tyler formally acknowledges the dichotomous symbolism of the gun as a weapon of self-protection and violence. This is not only felt in this moment in song, but also at a broader level when viewing the terror of New Magic Wand, which also centered around a gun, as a counterpart to a boy as a gun. Fittingly, in the direct middle point of the album, its heart, Tyler exposes the duality of love and passion as both protective and destructive, that love has the ability to complete us and destroy us. It's not either or, it's a true simultaneity present at all times. Now the tail end of this bridge contains a moment that Tyler himself made it a point to call out on Twitter, saying, quote, Solange's run at 241 is so warm on a boy as a gun. Sounds like an angel landing. Let's take another listen to this moment before heading into the song's final verse. Tyler begins a scathing final verse, rapping, Look, they be bringing us up, yeah, like now and again. Give a fuck what they talking about, I see you as a 10. Once again, there are outside forces working against this relationship with Tyler here defending his crush from what seems like criticism, as his point about him being a 10 is contrasted with outsiders judging them. Of all the lyrics on Igor, these might be the most self-referential in terms of Tyler acknowledging himself as a public figure with fans that have interest in his love life. Specifically, bringing us up now and again seems to allude to fan theories regarding a man named Wyatt, 
a white male with rose-tinted cheeks who many have speculated to be the love interest on Tyler's previous album, Flower Boy, an album that documented Tyler's personal journey with his sexuality and getting to a place he was finally comfortable telling a guy, possibly Wyatt, that he had feelings for him. Thus, one can make a case that Igor picks up where Flower Boy leaves off, where Tyler, now comfortable with his sexuality, not only expresses his love to the guy, but pushes for the two to be together formally, publicly. These lines on the final verse of A Boy is a Gun contain the most overt evidence for the connection between the albums. It begins with, I see you as a 10, a line about Tyler's vision of this person, who he sees as perfect despite the criticism he might get on message boards. Wyatt, by the way, received his fair share of criticism on Tyler's subreddit during the Flower Boy era. Now, on Flower Boy's song, See You Again, Tyler sung 2020 Vision, Cupid Hit Me With Precision. It's once again describing Tyler's perfect vision of his crush. 2020, 2020 vision, Cupid hit me, Cupid hit me with precision. I wonder if you look both ways when you cross my mind. While this specific link isn't convincing on its own, Tyler formally bonds See You Again in this verse when he says, I'ma leave it at that, I'ma leave us as friends, because the irony is, I don't want to see you again. The irony referred to here is that Tyler once wrote a song called See You Again for him, and now he feels the exact opposite. Can I get a kiss? And can you make it last forever? I said I'm about to go to war. Beyond this connection to See You Again, the line, I'ma leave us as friends, contains some references to Igor itself, specifically the line, I'm trying to be more than a friend from Boyfriend, while also foreshadowing the finale track, Are We Still Friends? So the stated irony actually works on three levels. Tyler no longer wants to see this person he wrote See You Again for, he doesn't want to see the person he sees as a perfect 10, and he no longer wants to be more than friends despite stating the opposite back on Boyfriend. And just in case the crush wasn't following Tyler's intricate wordplay, he spells it out as clearly as possible, repeating stay the fuck away from me three times before saying I ain't gonna repeat myself but stay the fuck away from me. This final line feels like a perfect summation of a song in which Tyler waves unpredictably between love and hate, as even in his most overt, explicit, viciously worded attempt to break things off, he manages to contradict himself, saying he's not going to repeat himself just after and right before immediately repeating himself. And so while his intention might be to separate himself from his crush, we know it's very likely he won't be able to control himself. This self-contradiction embodies Tyler's Igor character, who seems to constantly go back on his word to remain with the guy, belying dependency and fear. Because despite the external toughness, the presentation of power, deep down, it's usually the loudest in the room or the one holding the gun that's the most afraid. Conclusions. With New Magic One and A Boy Is A Gun being tracks 6 and 7 on a 12-song album, we come to understand that Tyler has chosen the loaded metaphor of a gun as Igor's central symbol, erected as it is here in the center of the album. As we noted earlier, a gun is a phallic symbol, an appropriate image to represent Tyler's male love interest, who stands in the center of this love triangle. The duality of the gun reflects how safe Tyler feels with his crush on his hip, and the emotional danger he poses if things don't work out. The underlying dynamic here is power, 
Just as a gun has power to protect and destroy, so too does love. From the desperate and violent outlash of New Magic Wand to the seesaw of A Boy is a Gun, Tyler has been wrestling for power in this love triangle all album long, with a gun being emblematic of emotional severity, how love can often feel like life or death. But just as you can't totally control a gun, you can't totally control a person, a lesson Tyler is slowly coming to terms with. Beyond the album's narrative, the gun analogy, and specifically the title's gender alteration from a girl to a boy, feels in line with Igor's broader exhibition of the in-betweenness of gender and fluid sexuality, as well as its peripheral challenge of traditional masculinity, the stereotypes and expectations placed on men's behavior and expression. In his own way, Tyler has been challenging these stereotypes and highlighting their dangers for years. Just listen to this conversation from 2021, when Tyler instantly cuts straight to the heart of homophobia and toxic masculinity when asked why he satirically said pause, a slang word rooted in homophobia. I love Rocky. Talked to him a week ago. Um, Y'all was in the studio together, together for a while, just like... Yeah, we have so many random, like, ideas and rough drafts. I love working with him. He brings something out of me, pause, that, like... I don't know. It's Why a, bring just something a, out no, of me? No, put pause. something into you as a pause. See, pause. But bring something out of me just sounds weird. It could be night. <laughs> oh, it could be jizz. What he brings out is jizz, is what you're saying. Why do you have to why, go why, there? But why? Pauses are so ridiculous. It me. is, but I say it to be ridiculous. Yeah, I but, say it to be ridiculous. So it's almost. But there are some just, things that are pauses, like yo, like, man. When especially I pause, New York niggas be like pause. Like I tried yeah. to give someone a hug, and it was like, bro, we ain't on that. I'm like, it's so sad how deeply rooted this shit is. <laughs> like super, you can't even show affection to someone that you care right. about because you think someone else is going to think that you're gay, and that's why you probably shot that man last week because of that pent up shit. It's deep shit. As Tyler articulates here, we are often so fragile, so uncomfortable in our own freedom that we react strongly. And as we felt in New Magic Wand, repression of any kind often leads to outlash, deadly outlash when guns are involved. We can see how this becomes a cocktail for self-destruction in a society that has perpetuated outdated traditions that fundamentally collide with how we or others might feel inside, be it traditional masculinity, femininity, heterosexuality, or any of the myriad expectations and limitations placed on things like gender or race. This kind of active barrier of expression prohibits evolution on an individual and societal level, an idea Tyler has also talked about, the ways in which we can become stuck when hanging on to a limited perspective or fearing the judgment of others. Having my first three albums and Cherry Bomb in the middle and then the next three just that, it's, it's, it's really, I'm proud of that. I'm happy I allow myself to. Congratulations, man. Thank you. Some people don't get that. Some people stay stuck, stay stuck at uh, the idea of themselves when they were 20 or when they were hot, and they stay that way. And that's how you get old. Mm-hmm. He wasn't too cool to dips care. Dips you can't be cool. too cool, because if you're too cool, you're going to freeze to death. Right, right. Niggas be trying to be too cool and, and not be happened. silly and always try to be hard. And it's like, bro, you look dumb. As Tyler alludes to here, his own journey, documented through his musical output, was made possible by allowing himself to evolve. From the shock rap teenager who ate a cockroach in his first major video, to the flower boy who came out of the garden shed to sing love songs about boys. This is how he avoided freezing to death, instead blossoming into a cultural icon in the same vein as the icons he once looked to for protection. You realize now that you get to be that for other kids too? They get to see when their parents are like, what, what, what are you into, blah, blah, blah. They get to point to you look, and be like, real? look at Tyler. No, P, P called me, P called me like, Maybe seven months ago, I was like, you know, any any photo you put on Instagram, if your leg is weird or like you say something sassy or you do, you know, you a vessel 
for these kids. Just by doing that, it allows them to do their version. And I'm like, man, I don't want that responsibility. But I'm happy that someone could look at me as a safe, as a safe. <laughs> Just use that word in that broad sense, as a safe, the same way I looked at him or I had Andre or I had Missy or I had Buster or I had Chappelle. I had Badu. I had these gods who I'm who I get to talk to. I had Marshall. I'm like, ah, even if they think this is weird at school, I could go back to that poster in my room. And Missy Elliott and Word Up will be like, yeah, that shirt is it. <laughs> that shit's, that shit's uh, important. important. It's was really that important. The beauty of Tyler's quote-unquote role model status is that he isn't trying to be one. Rather, he became one simply by existing freely, by expressing himself with honesty and without reservation, pursuing with great passion his own genuine interests, the things he alone cares about. In this way, Tyler is the ultimate weapon, the most dangerous of guns. He's free. This episode of Dissect was written by Camden Ostrander and me. If you enjoyed today's episode, please tell a friend about the show or share on social media and tag at Dissect Podcast. It really helps. Limited Season 10 merchandise can be purchased at DissectPodcast.com. Audio editing by Kevin Pooler. Song recreations by Andrew Atwood. Theme music by Bureaucratic. All right. Thanks, everyone. Talk to you next week. Dissect.